Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Broadway Podcast Network presents Giants in the Sky, How Sondheim and Lapine Went into the Woods, with me, Ben Rimmelauer. Today's guest, Ellen Foley, the witch in both the Old Globe production and the closing Broadway cast. Once upon a time. Ellen Foley created the role of the witch in Into the Woods at the Old Globe in San Diego before starring in the original production's final Broadway company. Her other Broadway credits include Hair and Me and My Girl, as well as Off-Broadway's Beehive. Her many film and television credits include starring on the classic 1980s sitcom Night Court, and she is probably best known for her rock and roll recordings, especially her duet with Meatloaf on Paradise by the Dashboard Lights on his iconic Bat Out of Hell album, composed by Jim Steinman. you got to have an extremely... Uh, unique perspective on this show having been involved in this you know nascent phase and then coming back uh at the very end and to you know have I think it's like when you watch a kid grow up or you know or you know every day a little bit at a time it's hard to see the the difference but having that gap in between you must really uh have just you know one of a kind take on it it's true like with a kid uh, if if the child, you know, if you if you have them all the time and and every day and see their and see their development, it's one thing. But if if you know there's if somebody has a baby and then you go back two years later and see and see the changes, it's like that. But <clears throat> I always tell the story that um, that Sondheim at the because you know I managed to close the show in in New York. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't have put it that way. <laughs> single-handedly came and destroyed the whole thing. For gifts, he gave everybody, you know, the score, the book, and he wrote in it that I was his alpha and the omega. Oh wow! And the end, isn't that cool? Yes, I was ah. the alpha and the omega. That is extremely cool. I know. I just I just feel very lucky because I think I think I did have a place in his mind, say in some corner of his mind. And that that's pretty, that's very meaningful. I'm sure it is. So give me just a little bit about what Sondheim meant to you before you got this job, you know, because I assume as a up and coming uh, actor and singer uh, in New York theater that 
you had seen shows of his and I don't, you know, Sweeney or Company or Sunday in the Park, you know, what, were you a time nerd like so many of us already or? Well, you know, I'll tell you, I had come out of being a rock, a rock chick yeah. for so yeah. many years that I hadn't, I, I, I was sort of ignorant. I mean, I did, um, there's a, an English rock star named Ian Hunter and he he had played in his band Matha Hoople, the theater where Sweeney was. So I remember him taking me to see Sweeney Todd. And um, I don't know, it didn't make a, a huge impact on me. So I came in into the whole thing, I don't know, a little um, nonplussed. Okay, it's on time. Yeah, fine. But that, that sort of, that's, that was my, my introduction, being there in the same room with him and experiencing all this and being able to make it a part of me, which was, it was like I was hit by a tsunami, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. since then, I mean, Sweeney Todd, I could listen to it. Uh, <laughs> I could listen to it just, just on a loop forever. To me, yeah. it's, it, and the, the performances, it's, it's incredible. Um, so, I mean, that just to be honest, you know, I, <clears throat> I wasn't that much, I wasn't a huge theater nerd. Well, honestly, I, well, for everything I've heard about Sondheim, I'm sure he liked that about you. And then also it seems like it was what, what made you, uh, get the part because I mean, they talk about in the casting people I've talked to and, and Lapine that, you know, they kept saying, well, what about Debbie Harry? What about Pet Benatar? And then they uh -huh. were the people that, you know, it was a nice idea, but they weren't really, you know, uh, skilled or trained in the way to do Actors. everything else that it required. And then yeah. somebody that was like this sort of dream, you know, combination of like an actual rock and roll person who was also an actual actor. and Actor. Yes. Sondheim said to me when we were working on the rap, you know, beans, beans, nothing but beans. Da, 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 da. Uh, he said, he, he said somebody had come in to audition and she was a rapper. So I guess they had seen a lot of real out of the <laughs> box people and she, but she inspired him to do this, mm. you know, so it was Sondheim's first rap. I don't know if there were, if it was his first and last rap, right. but, um, but that's it. You know, I remember when I did it in New York, um David oh now I forgot his name the producer he had a big long beard you know who I'm talking about uh not producer of oh but Michael David Michael David thank yeah. you he said to me you're like a female Mick Jagger which yeah. is the best thing anybody could ever say to me because that's <laughs> That, that's been my, my goal for my entire life. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if they, they I ne you never told me they were talking, I mean, I had never known they were talking about rock singers to do it, but hey, I guess maybe I did fulfill that, uh, that slot. Yeah. So tell and me I, when, yeah. when you got, how did this come into your life? Was it just your agent said, oh, they want to see you for this show in San Diego? Yeah. Yes. And, um, I remember I went and I think I sang, um, uh, oh God, I'm sorry. I'm having one of those senior moments. Um, 
well, I sang one of the ballads, but then I sang Everybody Says Don't. Mm. And in the middle of it, I forgot it because, you know, it's a really fast song. Everybody yeah. says don't. And I like forgot it. And I'm like, fuck. And Sondheim was laughing as that he just loved it, that there was somebody up there who wasn't perfect and who yeah. was curse. And, yeah. um, and, you know, so that was fun. But what, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, what song did the ballad? It'll come to me. Like, a, like, like a, another Sondheim ballad from a different Sondheim show? Yeah from uh i did it so many times anyway it'll come to this is like a couple weeks ago i was in cleveland because it's the 45th anniversary of the bad out of hell album so uh we were in this club you know they i was on a panel and we were in in a club you know and it, it was uh you know they'd ask questions and i was talking about uh meatloaf and jim steinman and i said you know they were you know, Meatloaf was very volatile and Jim was, I couldn't think of the word and people were shouting out, was he cold? Was he a loop? I said, no, no, that's not right. And then like four minutes later, I shout out, passive aggressive. So that's, <laughs> that's what's happening right now. I will remember the song. That will that. So anyway. got the job. Um, got the job. Yeah, and, and you guys rehearsed in New York City. Rehearsed in New York. You know, for for a lot of it, down in West West Bank, I think down there, West Beth, down in yes, the village. West Village, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I uh, I'm, I'm looking at this website that has a song list from um, the Old Globe production, and it seems like there was a lot that they had written for the witch. Yes, um, I guess Boom Crunch was not in it. Yeah. But um, but you know, Boom Crunch, Boom Crunch was in it, but there was no Last Midnight that, that replaced. Last Midnight, right? Yeah, yeah. And but the the most important thing to me in the song I still still sing is you know Stay with Me, which uh, is 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 so in, impactful, and and it only got better and better singing it when I had children. Oh, I bet. And, um, and you know. Uh, uh, I remember in on Broadway, uh, last midnight and Boom Crunch, Sondheim told me I sang it like a Japanese ghost. <laughs> I have the greatest Sondheim quotes. I could just die right now, right? I mean, you sound like a Japanese because I was. It's last midnight, <laughs> you know, like somebody from the No Theater or something. <laughs> Sing that like a Japanese ghost. This is cool. All righty, <laughs> I did that. <laughs> um, so, but but stay with me. You did not have in San Diego. Oh, I didn't. No, are you sure? Well, I, I yeah. Have? I I mean, based on the well, I've heard from a lot of people that there was no stay with me yet at that point. As a matter of fact, there's a YouTube video of you doing Boom Crunch and Last Midnight, and it has Stay With Me from Broadway, but not from San Oh, Diego. okay. But All right, because I have seen, I have seen that, and I, I don't know, I, you know, my memory, what can I say? I was assuming that I was seeing um, performances from San Diego and New York, but Stay With Me. So man, I tell you about another gift, that yeah. song. So beautiful oh my god but you didn't have you didn't have any ballad at that point you had 
you had the boom crunch in act two and the rap in act one. I mean, it's like, did I guess I'm trying to get a sense of like, did you have a feeling that they were going to, that this was in, they were gonna give you more material and they just hadn't gotten to it yet? Or was it no, like- No, you know, what did I know? This was the show. I wasn't, yeah. I didn't have any expectations of, of you know, of, of if, it, if, it, if it should be, but it was gonna be developed further. Or, you know, I was just, you know, in the moment of saying, you know, this is what you're giving me. I didn't demand a ballad. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not going on if I don't get a, an 11 o'clock number. Well, but even aside from, you know, uh, from, you know, uh, what's the word? I don't know, you know, vanity or whatever. But but I like it seemed to me that the um, it would feel like something was missing in the show. Uh, but maybe that's just because I know it only in. the Yes. Film. You know, in hindsight. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was I was just so enraptured with the um, the whole atmosphere of doing it at the old globe yeah. because yeah. You're, you're in the woods you're in this beautiful park and to me yeah. it just yeah. felt like it was all one thing and i felt it was a little it was a little dreamlike it was a little incredible except for some reason and here's another sunlight quote um in the middle of it i like had a, a toothache i was having some sort of drainage or something and I went to this dentist and uh, they put me under and they, they, they pulled my two wisdom teeth. <laughs> That's so fitting. <laughs> and I don't think I was out of the show, no. But Sondheim said, he goes, that is the stupidest thing anybody has ever done. <laughs> Why would you go off in the middle of a run and have your wisdom teeth pulled? I'm like, well, I don't know, you know, I went to this, it was some weird place. They, they put me under and they, they, they pulled my wisdom teeth and, you know, he says, God, that is the stupidest thing anybody has ever done. Why was it stupid? What would go wrong? I don't know that I really needed my wisdom teeth pulled. I went to some Fakakta oh. dental place. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you survived it, but, um, Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, but okay, so then uh, in terms of the rock and roll thing, like it seems like they were, it was this big deal. I mean, like both James Lapine and Paul Gemignani by everybody's reports kept bringing up these rock and roll names. And then they were so happy that they got you who could actually do that. Really? I, you know, I have never heard this ever. I went they to were happy? I, yeah, well, I believe Lapine was happy because he pretty much hated me through the whole thing. But oh, continue. You were a very cool person on in my interview with him. Uh -huh, but, um, okay. But they talked about the rock and roll thing. And then I thought, well, when I finally listened to Boom Crunch, it must be this big rock and roll song. And it doesn't sound like rock and roll at all. No, I think um, I think what I brought to it, not even the singing, I brought like a real toughness and a real darkness. Oh. And I think that's, and, and when I saw Bernadette do it, you know, her take was so different. I felt yeah. like she was like a, a Jewish mother up there, you yes. know, she did a whole <laughs> different right. thing. Yeah. And then when I came in, in the end, I, I brought that back. And that's when Michael David told me I was like a, uh, a female Mick Jagger. So cool. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, though, that's interesting. So, it, so the rock and roll was about the attitude, not about the I think so. That because makes I, much more sense. I certainly didn't think I was asked to inject anything vocally. 
Yeah. You know, I really don't. And that's I mean, why it was a little hard for me because I, I had to come in and then, and then sing um, like a theater singer. You yeah. Know? But, you know, then, I mean, I did that. But then a while later, I went and did Me and My Girl. Right. And that was really theater. I mean, yeah, I mean that's like old school theater. Old school, yeah. but that was harder. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Sondheim is is Sondheim is the rock and roll of yeah. of musical theater right you well know, i think this show anyway but you but you did hair i mean isn't that the rock and roll of musical theater yes 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 certainly but uh, i'm just saying Sondheim is 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 not you know pigeonholed in 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 any kind of no. of uh musical theater like you know it's it's not hello dolly it's no. it's not you know <laughs> you know which who he had to compete with, and I know he was never happy with that. Mm. With Jerry, uh, what's his name? Who yeah. were yeah, yeah, Jerry yeah. Herman. That I think that he was a little bit of a nemesis, to tell you the yes. truth. Well, they I know they talked a lot about um, the the rivalry between Sunday in the Park with George and uh, La Caja Fall, and then with Into the Woods. I guess they had it with Phantom of the Opera, which was a oh yeah, yeah, but, you know, yeah thing, but. But I mean, you know, Into the Woods is now in its third uh, Broadway production, fifth major New York production, while Phantom of the Opera is still running that same <laughs> original production. Right, which is about to close. Right? About to close. Although they're saying that maybe that is just a um, cash grab so they can reopen it with a smaller band. Yeah, which they've done. What was the other show? Lame is, like I think, it was like that. Lame is, right? Mm. Yeah. Because they need more money, you know, they need yeah, right. poor, poor thing. For the last time, I am not on Ozempic. I made one little joke on this podcast and everybody started calling me out, texting me, calling me cringe, whatever. I really was asked by people if I was on Ozempic. And as I told them, I am not. I am just eating factors, no prep, no mess meals, okay? Warmer, sunnier days are coming. Fire Island season is here. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors' fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you can kickstart a new healthy routine what are you waiting for with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week you'll always have new flavors to explore crush your wellness goals this may with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from breakfast to dessert stay fueled with easy nutritious options treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon shrimp and blackened salmon and kitchen time is kept to a minimum they are ready in two minutes no shopping no prepping no cooking no cleanup enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories maximize protein intake avoid meat or just simply to eat well balanced head to factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 and use code giants in the sky 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code giants in the sky 50 at factormeals.com slash giants in the sky 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um. So, okay, that's interesting what you say about the rock and roll. I really appreciate that. As far as the rap, I'm wondering because I mean nowadays, well. Even in musical theater, we've got rap with, you know, hip hop and Hamilton and, and the Heights and stuff like that. But uh, but certainly just in culture in general, rap is something that we are all very acquainted with. But what was your exposure in 1987 and 1986, I guess, when you got cast? Um, well, I had been uh, in the end of the late 70s, early 80s, I had been uh, around the clash. And they were very, uh, when the fir- first hit hip hop came out, you know, every, all those kind of people were around, Fab Five, Freddie, and, uh, um, y- you know, there was a lot of that. So I, I, had, I had certainly been around it in its sort of purest form. Mm. You know, I, I never, I've never really been, been somebody who, who, has, who has bought the records. I mean, I... I I, I I hate to admit that my favorite rapper back in the day was Eminem. I mean that's terrible. The white guy, and yeah. I love Jay. I love Jay Z. Just certain voices have have you know uh, captivated me. But yeah. you know I've yeah. been around you know the really nascent um, uh, parts of it. So I I I I knew the feeling. I knew the. But I don't know. I mean it was called a rap, but to me it was it was it was the 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 Witch's rap was a song that yeah. was that was spoken. Yeah. You know, yeah. to me it was a great opportunity, a great acting opportunity. And I, I had a great time with it. I remember though in New York, um I, when we did it, I, I always made this gesture, you were robbing me, raping me, and I would grab my crotch. Yes. And Chip Zion said, you know, my children are coming to this show. You know, you should not. I said, Yeah, fine. Hmm. Okay, bro. Wait, really? Yeah. I'm so disappointed to hear that. I mean, that seems like such a, uh, well, that, first of all, that's a great example from you of what the rock and roll energy that you brought. Yes, was. I was but grabbing my crush. With, from Chip, because I would think that, well, first of all, supposedly the wolf's costume was pornographic, so this should have been the least of their worries. But, right. um, but also it just seems like such a great, uh, just, you know, over yeah. the top. I mean, that's what the witch is all about is like making an impression, right? I mean Yeah, and then and then the thing I did, they said, Do you have any kind of face? So I, I did the tongue thing. I don't know if other people did the tongue thing. Where was you that? Know, when there was like um right there, I turned him into a table or a chair and I go <laughs> <laughs> like had this little epileptic fit, you know, yeah and did oh, a tongue God. thing. So that 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 yeah, I don't know if any they they made anybody else do anything like that, but yeah, I did. You know, it's hard to know about that stuff because the video that they made for television, they added special effects for some of those sequences. So oh, I don't yeah. really know what Bernadette was doing on a regular, normal, you know, live on stage. Yeah, scene. 
I, what kind of special effects? I mean, just small things, it? nothing crazy, but just, you know, sound effects and little light things. Oh, oh I see that, yeah. yeah but it yeah. just, it, it becomes not about the, the gesture because they, you know, had to TV it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, but, uh, and uh, that's interesting. Oh, speak, well, also you made me think when you talked about doing it in uh, Balboa Park, I guess, where the old globe is, whether you went to see it in Central Park when they did it there. No. That because I think that might have had a little bit of the quality you described. Oh, that would be incredible. I mean, whenever yeah, I yeah. see things in Central Park, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's just everything to have those trees. And sometimes there's the wind and, and various animals end up on stage, which I yeah. love. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't see it. And I mean, I should go see this production. I'm just, I'm upstate now. Right now I'm in my house upstate. And we spend so much time up here. Yeah, that I haven't, yeah. I haven't been down there to see it, but um, I should go. I should go see it. Tell me if you don't mind, you know, how the process went from you for you from being in the show in San Diego. When did you find out that they were moving forward with with Bernadette, or, or I guess oh. with Buckley, and then with Bernadette? And you know, how 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 was that all um, for you? It was bad. Yeah, it was bad because. Um, well, what I said about Lapine and, you know, because I don't know, I think, I don't think he liked me. And I think maybe I didn't come in with the discipline I should have in the beginning, but I really whipped myself into shape. And I remember, you know, but once again, I was in the parking lot and Sondheim said something like, you know, you really showed him, you know, it was like after you really showed him, you know, so I felt I had you know, and all the, the reviews, I I really, you know, I did, got great reviews, but I think the plan always was, which I don't think I understood, was for them to have Bernadette in the show. And, you know, why should she bother schlepping out to, uh, to uh, San Diego to do it? Fascinating. That is so I mean, she, she was, you know, she has, she has had a lot of name value, you know, so... Well, all, and also it's, I mean, it's very interesting to hear you say that because the question that I have not really gotten an answer to is the way the story about Bernadette goes is that it was that they had done this, you know, workshop um, with Betty Buckley after San Diego, and then that didn't work out. And then Bernadette was cast like in the 11th hour and they never talk about oh. her at all in all the two years of workshops and readings in San Diego. And it's Maybe like, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But she wrong. had just starred in Sunday in the Park with George. Why was she their very last thought for Into the I world? don't know. I, it sounds know, like your theory might have some some merit. Yeah, maybe, maybe she just didn't want to do it or, you know, didn't want to do it or couldn't do it or wasn't, you know, didn't, you know, was too tired or, uh, I don't know, but, you know, it was very hard. And I remember writing Sondheim a letter, you know, it's like, oh, you know, but I never heard from him. I heard that he 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 uh, answered le letters to every cute boy who ever write, wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't, he didn't write me back. But yeah, that sucked. It was terrible. I, so, okay, so you... in. Sondheim you had a you felt a good relationship with and Lapine you did not feel that way and then were did anyone inform you that it was moving forward without you or did you just read in the paper Bernadette Peters do I know I don't I don't remember I remember I think I remember that's why I was writing letters that it yes. was happening 
and I don't think I was getting an audition or something. And that's when I, I wrote him. And then uh, you did not hear back in a letter from him, but then eventually you got an offer to come in and do it on Broadway. Yes, at the very end. And, you know, and then, then Lapine was all complimentary and everything to me that, I don't know, he didn't, he didn't like me, but I think it's, I, I'm glad he said I was a cool person. That's very nice. Yeah, no, he seemed extremely positive. Um, Great. Because but- obviously he's, he's, he's a genius. I mean, you know, everybody says Sondheim, Sondheim about the show, but it was the two of them. Yeah. You know, it was fine too, you know, and to me it's, I just think it's so cool that, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't heralded as one of Sondheim's best or even better shows and all the second act, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, but then it's been done. Yeah. So many times people want to see it. People want to be in that world, which I think is magical. There's also, there's a generational divide on it too. I realized this years ago when Lonnie's assistant, because everybody that I'm 46, and everybody that I grew up with, and certainly everyone younger than me, this is the number one Sondheim show. It's their gateway drug to musical theater because they watched that video of the original production, you know? Oh, and, really? Yeah. And, oh, and they've really? All, and they've all done it in their high school or their college. That's right. Theater. I mean, what's a more perfect uh, high school, college? Big show? ensemble cast, oh. lots of great material, familiar. And fairy tales, fairy yeah. tales. So they, it's Something they grew up with. So major. And yet I remember when I, 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 when I went to uh, work for Lonnie and it was like, you know, Sondheim to him meant Company, Follies, A Little Night Music, Sweeney Todd. It did not mean Into the Woods. Maybe Sunday in the Park with George, but it did not mean Into the Woods. And uh-huh. then I just saw that again and again with everybody, you know, and, and I remember reading the Frank Rich review, not at the time, but, you know, years later, like on the internet being shocked that it had gotten a bad review. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I had thought it was this like hallowed, you know, classic. Um, no. But you're no, right. I guess, I guess now it is. Do we yeah. think that yeah. it's a hallowed, hallowed classic now? Just because it's been done so much, is it? I, yeah, is it's it? sure. You know, uh, and the movie, I mean, it just has such a wide, a wide reach. That's true. So did you ever hear how Sondheim rated it in his, in his, uh, in his shows, if he loved it or where it was in, in his canon? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I know that um, you when you talk about everybody talks Sondheim, Sondheim, and you know, you're know you giving credit to Lapine. The first person I've heard to give the credit all to Lapine is Sondheim. And the, um, like some of the, I was interviewing Ira Weitzman for this podcast. Um, and he was saying, he got choked up talking about the way that Sondheim talked about how much Lapine transformed his career for him. And so I've, I imagine that Sondheim had to hold all the shows with Lapine in a special place in his yeah. career, you know, yeah. at least yes. personally speaking. Because um, that was very moving when Ira Weitzman was talking about it. But I don't know specifically uh, Into the Woods. Um, you know, It also seemed, just as an outsider, it seemed like as Sondheim became older, he would kind of like loved everybody and everything and was just sort of like at intermission having his like vodka, like everything was wonderful, you know? Yeah. Like the curmudgeon that people talked about from the seventies, you know? Yeah. I mean, I never, I didn't see him as curmudgeonly, you know, he was always very, he was always very nice, but you know, 
it, it's so funny when I think maybe people experience it when you're in the room, you're working, um, you know, that's one thing, but, but then like sometimes, you know, like in on Broadway anyway, you know, I'd be standing there back, backstage and he would come as like, Oh no, shit. What do I say? I don't know. I, I, like, well, hello. Yeah. <laughs> you get yeah. so nervous. Yeah. You don't know what the, what could I, what could I add? What could I offer, you know, in terms yeah. of conversation? So I thought that was kind of funny. I remember him being backstage, but, um, but that, I think there was a, a re, got, you know, I, I'd like to think that there was a, uh, he, he, there was a love for me from him. He actually told me he loved me when I went, I went to uh, audition for him. They were doing a, um, a production of, um, what's the one, you know, that ran for three, three, three performances in New York. Oh, about anyone can whistle? No, not anyone can whistle. Oh, that's the song. Okay, here we are. Not anyone can whistle. That's the song. That I auditioned with. Okay. I love it. <laughs> so I'm talking, what's the one with the- Merrily. Okay, Merrily. So I went and auditioned for Merrily and uh, you know, I sing my song and he looks at me and he goes, I love you. And I was like, uh, 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 okay, bye. <laughs> I mean, you know, he was a very, you know, loving, affectionate person as far as I know. But yeah, you gotta yeah. think, you know, he had to have, he had to, you know, have a lack of patience, I'm sure, with a lot of people because, you know, in his life and, and trying to come up and, and making people understand and, and, and other people who are mere mortals, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I always found him to be, he was, you know, as, as much as I would allow myself to be um, in his presence, he was, he was really wonderful. He was Stephen Sondheim for Christ's sake, my God. I mean, truly. Did you feel like, I mean, people have talked to other cast members um, about all the changes that were going on in San Diego and the rewriting and the rewriting, but it seems like there, did you not have to deal with many rewrites in San Diego? Oh, I'm sure I did. You know, I, I don't remember specifics, but yeah. it, it was it was a first uh, it was a first production. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, things had to change. I mean, I think, you know, there was always tinkering and always changing with the second act yeah. and the giant. You know, there was always, you know, a lot of a lot of uh, thinking and changing, you know, with with that that plot with the giant. But um yeah. Okay, you know, I'm sorry if I can't be specific because no, 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 so listen, this is it. I can't even remember the name of goddamn shows and songs. What we got it, me, Ben. We got it, Ellen. No, and the thing is, you know what? This is why this podcast I'm doing it because if people don't remember stuff now, they're not going to remember it even less later, you know. And we, I want to <laughs> get it all because they want to get it. It's before You're the funny. internet, you know, nobody knows what happened when. Um, and um. So uh, I guess just my other curiosity would be when you came into the show in New York, did you have a sense of like, oh, this, this is the piece that they were trying to do before? Or did you think, it, were you surprised? You know, what, what, what was your experience of the, re the final version that you stepped into? Oh God, you ask hard questions because I'm somebody who just, you know, just accepts, like I said, I was in the moment in San yeah. Diego and I was a well I mean I was thrilled that I had you know the 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 songs and also you know the 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 uh technical stuff that 
you know, in San Diego, it's like when she goes down and transforms, you know, it was like, I don't remember how we did it, probably clunky, but that was so cool. You know, in, in, on Broadway, you went under the stage zip and, you, you know, you know, it was like, you know, Saturday Night Live, you know, you're changing to it. And then you come up and you're the beautiful witch. I mean, that was so fantastic. I'm like, you know, here we have a budget. This is beautiful. <laughs> but to be able to do The Last Midnight and Boom Crunch and, um, and of course, Stay With Me, which is just, you know, like I said, I've, I've sung it through the years. I've yeah. sung it over and over. And uh, just the beauty of that. And how about and children, that, children Will Listen? You didn't have that in San Diego either, right? Um, uh, well, I, you know, I always, I always think of Children Will Listen and Stay With Me as the same thing because it it's all in one piece. When I say, when it, you know, Children Stay With oh, Me. Oh, the lament. Come, yeah, right. It's yeah, all like, the lament. Together, it's all, yeah. When I say Children Will Listen, I, I mean, uh, I mean, when I say Stay With Me, I think Children Will Listen because mm. it's, all, it's all of a piece. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's like one song, then both songs, then the other song. It's, it's like, but mm-hmm. they really do go together. Did you guys in San Diego have a long version of Second Midnight that was like everybody in the cast, like singing for like seven minutes, like parts of Children Will Listen and parts of the other stuff? No, I think that that was, um, that, that was for the Broadway. For the Broadway. That, that developed. I guess yeah. over, over developed over and then time. and then removed. <laughs> yes, um, that's interesting. Well, I really I really appreciate this, Ellen. This is so Me great, too, Ben. This is fun because you know I do you know I I put out uh, an album in the last couple of years and I'm performing. I'm really back doing my great. rock and roll stuff, and I've done so many interviews around that for the last couple of years and answered the same questions and had to add you but this has been a total mind shift talking to you about this well i'm glad to hear it now don't forget your musical theater fans because you know you have these roots too thank you for listening to giants in the sky how sondheim and lapine went into the woods on the broadway podcast network Look out for episode 20 with Michael David, the original producer. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.